Where'd all the good people go? I've been changing channels, I don't see them on the TV shows. Where'd all the good people go? Alright, hello everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Justice. Understanding what justice is, what does it look like, why is it relevant? Uh, even for us as students. Uh, today, my guest is Josh Cantong. Josh, say hello. Yo, yo, Josh. <laughs> Josh as well. Uh, yes. Thank you for having me. Seriously. Mm. Of course, of course. Uh, Josh, go ahead and share a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, maybe major, and uh, what you're doing on campus. Yeah. Um, yeah, my name is Josh Cantong, and uh, I am a senior. Um, right now graduating in may hashtag may 2nd let it come <laughs> let it roll um yeah i study sociology um primarily my emphasis is kind of understanding different aspects of like social inequality uh and uh super interested in like um literature that pertains to like gender gender mm-hmm. dynamics of inequality but um i guess my primary focus is like racial and economic like injustice well, um and things like that. And yeah, I, I work in the SCRD, um, which, you know, the acronym means the Student Center for Reconciliation and Diversity. We're right across the way from Starbucks. Um, yeah. And so basically the office is kind of, as you said, Pacific Universities or this campus's like main office that like um, works uh, surrounding like uh, issues of inclusivity mm. and equity on campus. You know, we run kind of like the Imago Day trainings. Um, we support our Mel Scholars, um, which is a scholarship program that we have for kind of like disadvantaged students um, who seek to work for justice, as it is. Um, and we also are the kind of the basis of the ethnic orgs as well. And on top of that, we host kind of um, monthly uh, workshops surrounding kind of riveting social justice topics mm-hmm. so yeah that's what I do and um yeah I've I've past experience so you know general like AP student leadership kind of alpha leader role which mm-hmm. I love um and then I was also um on the BSA uh lead team and then also the BSA board doing public relations stuff So even to get us started, uh, first question is, uh, how would you personally define justice? And that's such a loaded question, so feel free to take it from any angle you'd like. Yeah, um, justice is a very, is a very complex, um, is a very complex uh, topic. For me, I guess I define justice in a kind of like, in a more formal way, like I guess the best definition I, I like, it's kind of like, um, the definition as stated by John Rawls, and I guess I'll appropriate like his definition. Mm. And so basically John Rawls was like a political philosopher that studied kind of egalitarian politics. And I guess he defined justice um, as like something that characterizes a society of free citizens who have like equal rights and to operate within like an egalitarian economic system. Mm. Um, and what I like about this definition is that it's systemic in a way that connects individuals uh, and their rights to like an economic system. And so I see justice in that same way as people having like rights and people having dignity. 
people being seen and known and people having access to um, to valued resources in this society, such as like healthcare, education, um, fair employment, um, transportation, the ability to live in a community um, that doesn't have a doesn't have a high crime rate, uh, and all of these things I guess tie into justice uh, from my perspective as it relates to like just, um, the ability for everyone to have these, and so when thinking about like everyone having them, we turn to who has historically been denied such things, and then we turn to like historically disadvantaged communities who have experienced um, like oppression. And so, if anything, justice is maybe the um, the seeking of basic dignities for people who have not had it historically. Well, yeah, thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. Um, I think then that even goes into uh, when did you realize, or when did you even begin realizing that justice is important, um, and when did you start wanting to pursue justice? Yeah, that's um, that's a good question. Um, so, I mean, okay, so it's it's interesting. I I would say that. It would have to have been kind of, I guess, at the start of college, and I would define ex- especially justice as it relates to, uh, like, racial justice um, and kind of awareness of like the necessities of racial justice, both like systemically and interpersonally, and understanding of such things. I would call like racial consciousness, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> like Du Bois talked about this idea of like double consciousness, which is just kind of like the, the awareness that like, in the African-American communities had to maintain in the United States being both like American and both like black and oppressed and I guess you know stemming from ideas of like double consciousness or this awareness that may or may not be like optimal mm-hmm. uh, maybe stemming from alienation is this idea which is positive of like racial consciousness which is an awareness of, like systemic and interpersonal ideas of how like difference is perpetuated racially and I would say that like I came and started to come to an understanding of like racial Justice, and I would have a sense of racial consciousness um, coming to, I guess, APU and asking myself questions in regards to um, the state of just the whole, like, context that I was, that this I, this nation was in, like, politically. I mean, 2016 was a very, which is the year I entered APU, of course, was a very kind of, like, chaotic uh, politically time. And it was an, it was a time when, of course, when it, it presently Trump just got like I guess acquitted from the inaugur I mean, the um, the impeachment process, but in that time Trump was just entering office and it was kind of like this this whole kind of like American like fictional fantasy that seemed to be like coming true. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it was it was kind of like this 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 could not be happening kind of reality. Where it was like a David Foster Wallace, you know, infinite jest, um, like conception of what's, I don't know what the president's name in that book is, but it's like a ridiculous idea of like something that's not expected happening. And so, of course, I was coming to APU in that time and that, I guess, triggered ideas of asking more intricate questions that move my in maybe individual analysis of social realities and social problems to like 
a systemic analysis as I sought to see kind of just the wide spanning presence and also the ignored presence of like xenophobia, xenophobia, racism, uh, misogyny as being ignored by, I guess, the Christian community because maybe Trump represented a few kind of policy points that they, you know, as far as our Christian community, evangelical Christian community, really, really admired. And so I think that started leading to a lot of questions as, as I also started to question like, Jesus and the Jesus that I was taught and the Jesus of the actual Bible mm-hmm. who's like of course we like to say like a Palest- Palestinian Jew with a crooked nose mm-hmm. with brown skin who's actually not white and so it's like a lot of these things started to connect um, my conception um, of like I guess the world and kind of like how I saw the world started to change and that's when justice as a value potentially began to be created and catalyzed. Wow. Was there anything that uh, even that you had seen in your experience that really just started burning that fire inside of you, uh, this drive for justice? Uh, and what I mean by anything you'd seen, like any experience, any examples of, of racial uh, injustice or um, yeah, that you that you saw either from home or from on campus that really lighted that passion for you. Yeah, personal experience is a really huge, you know, oftentimes a really huge point for people realizing that there is a wrong, mm. and not only maybe a case by case wrong, but a wrong that connects to a whole like public issue. Mm. Um, I would say for me, um, I would define myself as like. A predominantly black multiracial like male mm. um, and that my ethnic categories are you know I'm African-American I'm Ecuadorian and I'm Chinese mm. um, my mother's black my my father is Ecuadorian Chinese mm. um, and I've I grew up in a pretty like prosperous place that didn't suffer from say like redlining and community government enforced community disinvestment mm. um, and I grew up in Burbank it's, you know, it's called like the media capital of yes. the world wow. um, Disney's based there Warner Brothers mm. um, Nickelodeon ABC Cartoon Network um, like you name it all of those things yeah. um, my high school choirs ranked like nationally in the nation well I guess nationally in the nation nationally I guess <laughs> is in the nation so that's kind of funny but and like my animation department is yeah. like connected. We have mentorships for students to connect with animators from Nickelodeon. Dang. So like my community, I guess, was well resourced. Yeah. Um, and the community was diverse. It was white and mm. well, it was predominantly white, but also like Latinx and and Armenian and I guess Asian and a little bit of black. So I guess I always grew up in like being in kind of multi ethnic spaces where different ethnic cultures and communities were like interrelated um, but also kind of always within kind of the canvas Mm. kind of frame of like whiteness Mm. Um, but yeah and generally like I think people's perceptions of like a a black and kind of like something else person black racially ambiguous otherwise person is different than a perception it would have of someone who is like 
black and has dark skin um, and whose society stigmatizes greatly. Mm. So my experience as a predominantly black multiracial male is one of being seen as being closer to whiteness because of my multiracial state mm. um, and not setting off like people's triggers and alarms. But despite that, I still had like in my life growing up um, instances of being outsider, yeah. of being other, of being reminded of my race, of being subject to jokes mm. by the crowd and not being able to defend because I didn't want to be seen as being sensitive or, yeah. or such things. Yeah. Um, and there have been instances um, where I've been in white spaces, say, you know, like, I had, like, some older adult white friends whose who's party I went to once, and I was the only, like, black, um, black person there, black youth there, mm. or black person in general. And I remember that one of um, one of the uh, I was sitting at a table with like four people, mm. and there's this really like charismatic I guess like life of the party ish like older like middle aged actually white gentleman there, mm. and he was like of course intoxicated and um, he was like he was talking and saying a lot of things and he was like, hey, yo, I really like your hair, <sighs> and it's like wow you gotta you gotta look to you don't you <sighs> you you uh you. You know what you look like to me? Oh no! You look. Have you seen? Have you seen Roots? Uh, like the, the 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 television the television uh, series? No. You look like um. You look like Kunta. Uh, you look like Kunta Kente, huh? Uh, right. It was pointing to his, his like wife. Yeah. And his his white wife was like cringing and like everybody yeah. was like, oh my gosh, is he really saying this? Yeah. And you know we've all had experiences. Or I guess some of us have a lot of experiences. You know where we realize that, like, our grandparents are mm -hmm. somewhat racist or that, like, our white, I don't know, somewhat racist. Mm. But beyond, like, that was, like, an instance that, like, dang, I'm definitely, uh, definitely black in here. I'm, like, I feel outsider in here. Mm. But there's instances, right, where, and that's, of course, what we would call, like, a microaggression. And, mm -hmm. yes, microaggressions are freaking real as heck. Um, and, yeah. There's even other instances as well, as in like, I had a youth pastor or like a youth a youth figure, um, who, you know, we had a, a little group and it was it was myself, my friend who was black, and another friend who was like, um, potentially I'm not sure, Jewish, mm -hmm. and um, ethnically Jewish, um, religiously coming closer to the Christian um, heritage. But basically, we had to read this. We read this book in our kind of youth group little thing, mm. and it was a book about what being a man meant. Mm. And in every, there were, like in all the chapters of the book, it was pretty much a few men from the Bible, yeah. and then like white men, mm. with one black person, with one non-white person, and that was like a, that was Booker T. Washington. And in the story that was talked about from Booker T. Washington, it was a story where he sought and embodied humility. Hmm. And in the story that well, the, this white author was, was kind of describing why being like Booker T was positive, he was like, be like Booker T, be humble. And the story was like, Booker T was standing in a white, in a, in a restaurant, predominantly in an area where there was like, you know, segregation and blacks were treated like, of course, horrifically as still as presently. Hmm. Um, and the woman saw Booker T and she thought he was like, a bellboy and I think she like handed him her sweater and said thank you huh. and he said 
you got it, ma'am, or something like that. Mm. And then that was the example of a humble, I guess, subjugated black person that this white author wrote about. Mm. And it was like a Christian book as well. Oh. And like this is what was taught to us by a white leadership figure. Mm. And so it's, it's instances of microaggression, but instances of like, your truth does not embody me, and that makes me conscious of not being within and not being within like your structure. Mm. Um, so there's been a lot of experiences like that. A lot of experiences also of looks, of of looks of fear, or, or looks of being out an, an outsider, or looks, or, or, or like a lack of looks, a, an, an ignorance, um, mm. a feeling of being invisible, mm. um, a feeling of like say being in a group and then not having one, not having eye contact approach you, mm. such things like that that are normal for people of color and white spaces and I would say other kind of subjugated social identities like as well but yeah I can go on and on yeah. but I know we don't have the time and I guess I, I bet a lot of my peers and those in my community can go on and on as well mm. um, and fill us in a whole room and you'll be there forever mm. wow and so those experiences have now empowered you uh, to be an advocate for justice um, as, as one you are today. I guess, uh, just final question. Um, what piece of advice, or words of wisdom would you share uh, for any students who may feel lost um, in this topic of justice um, and even understanding how to approach it, how to live it out? Uh, any words that you could share? Yes, I would love, I would love to share. Um, first off, um, realize that it is fine that you, ha you have to start as they say mm. from somewhere I think that was mentioned today's chapel was like February 7th that was mentioned in today's chapel by Lashana mm. you have to start somewhere we have different you know grounds of, of starting places and we come from different communities you know mm. If you come from maybe a segregated suburban community where you haven't seen someone who looks like me or someone who looks like even my darker peers or someone who is a second generation immigrant, mm -hmm. then yeah, realize that your social environment, your community didn't allow you to foster relationships and therefore didn't allow you to reduce prejudices or ideas of biases against those community members. Mm -hmm. And so inspect yourself thoroughly and fully ask yourself who are my friends who am i uncomfortable talking to mm. who yeah. do i not look at when i'm walking mm. down the trolley to sit down like who do i not sit next to wow. um yeah like things things of that matter who do i think is beautiful things like inspect yourself inspect your thoughts inspect who you surround yourself with, expect who you don't surround yourself with. Mm. Expect, inspect like what you see in this world. Inspect the things that you're passionate about and mm. realize how like those things that you're passionate about may be related to maybe one of your privileged social identities. Yeah. Um, mm. Engage in this process, be humble, yearn for growth, be the leader of your own knowledge. Mm. Don't expect people of color to lead you and teach you and lecture you yeah. because you're autonomous and you're you have like internal capabilities and power mm. um, and be humble and also be willing to be a minority 
like make yourself a minority in minority spaces because hmm. and I'll so, explain yeah, that sure. and that's a value that I really really think is important yeah being if you are white push yourself to go into minority spaces and like feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. and soak in like people's knowledge and experiences and also just be around fun people yeah. but like learn mm-hmm. and like make yourself uncomfortable and like don't feel targeted or threatened but yeah. realize that like you are you have been grown to be comfortable in this idea of always feeling like you're just like human or like everybody else or don't have a race or just have culture mm-hmm. but you know you have a race you're white and that some that allows you that, that maybe that growing up like that or in institute or in like environments where you're always a majority allows you to re doesn't allow you to realize that other people grow up in places where that reality is exact opposite flipped around mm-hmm. and when you go into spaces where you're the minority you end up learning more you end up being um you end up being an observer or participant observer in that culture mm-hmm. instead of bringing say one minority into your white group having them be tokenized and then not getting challenged or not having their thoughts be spread yeah. because maybe they can't feel like they can talk with you. Mm. So I guess all of those things, um, an, an ability to have endurance and discomfort and to really just stick in it and be in it for the long run and to have grace for yourself too. Wow. Well, Josh, thank you so much for being here today, brother. Appreciate your words. Um, there we go, the so, snap, the snap. You that. It's essential. <laughs> it's essential. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, I appreciate appreciate what you're doing on campus, uh, what you're continuing to do, and uh, appreciate you being on here today. Thank you so much. You're the best, Josh. Appreciate it. <laughs>